it's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. There's a lot to talk about here tonight. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. We go to him. Tom is on the line. Start things out here in New Hampshire. Tom, you are on Free Talk Live. Yeah, there's one thing I want to point out about contacting Congress to change certain laws. You don't get to talk to the congressmen and congresswomen like you would if you're contacting the New Hampshire House of Representatives or you talk to the members themselves. However, when you're talking to the aides or the interns, keep in mind a lot of these people... I uh, haven't thought about these things yet, and they go on years later to become members of a state legislature, and a lot of members of Congress have congressional aid or congressional intern on their resume. So you're actually telling the future generations of legislators points that actually some of them hadn't even thought of before. Some of them never realized how totally unacceptable some of these things are, because when they, they voted... Okay, they they voted for Obama or they voted for McCain, and they didn't get the one they wanted, but they got one that was equally acceptable to them. They never realized that some of this stuff that Obama supports is totally unacceptable to a lot of people. Yeah, they probably never heard about it. That's an interesting point, the idea that if you are somebody that uh, that calls the, the representatives in D.C. to remember that uh, even if you're talking to somebody who's answering the phone, they may have aspirations of becoming a, a politician of their own. And uh, occasionally, Tom, uh, you make an excellent point. Uh, there, To me, I think there are two pools in those uh, in those areas in the offices. Uh, one pool is people who are just generally interested in the government. They might be going to college. They might get... My brother was a page for a senator for a while, uh, for Gordon Humphrey for a while, uh, when he went to Hillsdale College. And uh, they want to learn about the process, and they might not be interested in it. Other people might be interested in it, and no matter what you say, their thirst for political power is going to overwhelm any points that you can get in. But I think it's, it's very useful to bring it up anytime you speak to someone, just to always speak truth to power. Thanks, Tom, for the call tonight. Appreciate yep. it, as always. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, inevitably, a lot of people are buzzing about tomorrow. Oh, the, what's tomorrow? The inauguration. Oh, yeah. Very, it's going to be a big party. Isn't it the coronation or the ascension? It's the beatification <laughs> of St. Obama. Well, has it always been like this? Uh, Manuel Laura from LouRockwell.com sent me a uh, private message today, and he says that his boss wrote this to all of his employees. Uh-uh. Quote, As you all know, Tuesday is a historic day with the inauguration of Barack Obama. Please feel free to take the time to watch or participate however you like. There will be great online coverage, I'm sure, but if you want to watch from home, you have my blessing. <laughs> So take the day off, folks. Who cares about working? We've got a new president. Did this happen for Bill Clinton or George Bush, or is this something that yeah, is this unusual? It's such fawning coverage, and uh, and and the attitude of people is really that he's going to somehow save people. And you know what's amazing is to hear staunch critics of liberalism as it is defined by conservatives. Staunch conservatives out there saying, I want the president to succeed. I want Define success. What are you talking about? What is this? All these people give this guy such a ride. Well, you know, 
if success means more trampling of the United States Constitution and more destruction of civil liberties and economic liberties, then why do you oh, want yeah. to succeed? He'd be a winner then if that was the case. Yeah, they stay, these people just adore this guy. I mean, look at ABC. Did you guys, did either of you guys see uh, ABC's coverage of his new limousine? No. no. Oh, now that was that was exciting. It was like it's it's almost as if, and I, I mentioned this to uh, to Glenn Jacobs, Kane. We were talking on the phone last night. It's almost as if they have a shiny new toy in Barack Obama. Like, oh, look at what's under the tree! Wow. Mm. You know, it's like it's sickening. It's just disgusting. Well, we can talk well, about. Of course, of course, they're happy about him because they've been taught that FDR saved us from the uh, the Great Depression, which yeah. of course lasted what twelve years under him. Extra long. <laughs> he mean, gave us extra depression just for good measure. I, I I don't know why in the world he's credited with it, but he's credited with it, and and you know this is the kind of revisionist history that goes on. So of course now we've got the absolute right guy for the job. It'll be fantastic. Well, you know, you know what, Mark? It's interesting you should bring up FDR because. Because I think in in the way public government school teachers teach about FDR and the way that people are looking at Obama and his public works program and his bailout ideas, it's a great example of Frederick Bastiat's uh, concept of what is seen and what is not seen. Uh, what was seen were the people digging ditches all over the place during the uh, co- Civil Conservation Corps era, or the uh, you know the uh, the Army Corps of Engineers going out and doing all sorts of things that were covered by the newspapers locally. The mayors got special bonuses if they if they agreed to back uh, Roosevelt, which is all depicted very well in Amity Schley's book, The Forgotten Hand. Hmm. Uh, all of it was it was just political graft all over the place, suppressing the ability of the private marketplace to be able to succeed, but. What was seen in the media? People who were unemployed because, of course, of the manipulation of the money supply by the central bankers and Mm -hmm. and various policies of regulations on banks. Um, People who are unemployed, all of a sudden, they are employed. And what's not seen are all the opportunities that were missed for businesses to start up. With the money that the government took, real businesses that could have created things that people actually wanted, not what politicians wanted. Right. And, uh, and unfortunately, that's the legacy, the visual legacy that's handed down in history books in high school. And it's what we're going to see here on, on the news news networks. You know, Over the next year, we'll see new people, personal stories about uh, so-and-so was unemployed for six months from her job at Circuit City. But because but of Barack she's Obama. Working, exactly. She's a successful blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and it's, it's funny. I, I, being from Florida, I didn't have a lot of experience with this whole Roosevelt, uh, you know, make work program thing. Yeah. It just didn't happen down there. Yeah. They didn't send the, uh, the the troops down to uh, Florida <laughs> to build anything. But they up here, apparently lots of mountain paths, uh, you know, to tops of mountains have were built by these, you know, the yeah, Civil, Civil Conservation Corps, Corps yeah, exactly. the CCC. Yeah, yeah. Well, did, is that really what we needed during the Great it's, Depression, is paths to the top of mountains? I don't know. Do people want to wow. jump? I'm not Bridges sure. to nowhere, essentially? I, I don't mean, know, man. We can continue the mania discussion here in a moment, and we'd love to hear from you, but we need to go across the pond to the U.K., where Ziggy is on the line. Hello, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Okay, Gardner, explain to these two gentlemen why they should watch the Prisoner TV series. Oh, my friend. Thank you, Ziggy, and thank you for all your communications about The Prisoner. Guys, if you haven't seen The Prisoner and any of the listeners out there have not seen The Prisoner, The Prisoner, created by Patrick McGowan, uh, many of the episodes written by Patrick McGowan, who was the star of Secret Agent Man in the U.K., was called uh, uh, Danger Man in, in, uh, in the uh, I mean, Secret Agent Man in the U.S., Danger Man in the U.K. Uh, he was approached by ITV to do another season of Danger Man in the U.K., and he said, nah, you know what, i got a better idea. He was inspired, along with his, uh, his friend uh, uh, George Markstein, 
to do a story about a secret agent who, you know, worked for the state, worked for the crown and country, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But he discovered something so bad about what they had done, he resigned in anger. He's kidnapped and brought to this place called The Village, where no one has a number, or no one has a name, they're only numbers. And he is number six. They constantly have this rotating series of people called number two, who are the executives who uh, enact the the dictates of number one. Mm-hmm. And it's implied throughout the series. They start off in the in the program, right, Ziggy? They start off yeah. showing how other spies are now there, and they've accepted their fate. This stultifying social conventions of these people who are living on this island prison, and yet. How dare you run against the grain? So he criticizes the stultification of society, and then he takes it and shows how magnified it becomes and how disastrous it is and how how dangerous it is to the very mental state of a free individual to have it enacted through the government. And in in the end, number six constantly fights for his integrity, his right to be an individual and a free man, and they're constantly trying to find out either why he resigned or break him to get him to accept his number. And it's it's probably the greatest achievement. So did he ever accept the number? Uh, you'll no, have to see. No, he, 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 he never wore the, the – they're all issued with badges, and he refuses to wear wear one. Yeah. That's what I first identified uh, with the series. Well, that and the in the opening uh, credits, there's the line, I'm not a number, I am a free man, yell. Yes, yes. And he refused to wear, wear the badge, and I just got out of school where you had to wear school uniform. Yeah. Very good, Ziggy. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you plugging that. Uh, I've heard it's a good show. Can I get it on, like, Google Video or something uh, In like fact, that? I think uh, American Movie Classics, AMC, is putting it all online now. If you go to their website, oh, check cool. it out. It's awesome. All it right. questions everything. Government schools, courts, roads, everything. More coming up. You take control. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. We uh, give all those features away, those other shows. They charge you, so enjoy them, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there on the front page of the website, going back for an entire year totally free at freetalklive.com as we continue uh, with your phone calls. Also, I want to let you know that this program is brought to you by the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. It's happening in the first uh, first weekend of March in Nashua, New Hampshire, the beautiful Crown Plaza Hotel. Uh, same location as last year. We will be broadcasting live from the Liberty Forum Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And we look forward to seeing you out there because there's going to be a lot of reasons to be there. Number one uh, has to be meeting the hundreds of liberty-loving people that will be in attendance. Uh, many of them are already living here in New Hampshire. A number of them are considering moving to New Hampshire. Of course, the event being put on by the Free State Project, an organization designed to get as many liberty-loving people to move to New Hampshire, become activists for freedom, which is a really cool idea. And so that that's the basic concept of uh, what, what started the Liberty Forum. But there will be all kinds of discussions, panel discussions, speeches, keynote speeches, big names, people like you mentioned Kane earlier, oh, yeah, uh, Glenn Jacobs from the WWE, he will be there, uh, plus so many other names. Uh, Dr. Mary Ruart from uh, the book Healing Our World, John Taylor Gatto, and many more. Go and get all the details over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and get signed up. Use our discount code if you want to save 10%. That is, uh, the code is 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. Use that code at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, and we'll see you there. We go to your phone calls. That's the point of the show. We go to the uh, D.C. area and talk to Matt. Hello, Matt. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, 
What's on your mind, Matt? Um, I just wanted to talk about a characterization Mark made a couple days ago when he said the Federal Reserve is as federal as Federal Express. Okay. And I think this is completely incorrect, and it it shouldn't it shouldn't be used. I mean, I've heard him use it before. Uh, Federal Express doesn't have its executive board appointed by the president. Federal Express isn't given a monopoly by the government. Federal Express in no way infringes on our rights. I think it's completely an insult to Federal Express and to other private companies like it to characterize the Federal Reserve as in any way equivalent to them. I think it's I agree with you, Matt. Good agency. point. Well, I think that it makes, I think it draws, I, it's a simple picture. Granted, would you say that it simply points out to people that, in fact, the, uh, the Federal Reserve is not a government agency? Well, in what way is it different than a government agency? Well, um, the, the stocks are owned by, uh, you know, member banks. Oh, right, but I, okay, so the stocks are owned by member banks, but so isn't a profit is made by those people. Basically controlled by the government? Yeah, technically, yeah. technically, I think Mark is right, but the practical effect, the caller is right as well. So it, right. it's not it, federal, it's, but granted a federal monopoly. It might as well be, except it's, except it's that got there's, this extra poison of <laughs> right. granting a monopoly and adding corruption. It, right. It's a monopoly of uh, the ability to make profits, whereas any other government agency doesn't make profits off what they do. They, you know, they suck the system dry. They you know, spend as much budget as they possibly can. And I'm sure that the Federal Reserve does that to some extent. But they have the added uh, you know, issue of having stock owned by you know, the richest people in the world and those people essentially squeezing our monetary system for as much money as they can get out of it. I think Matt, I mean, that's, that, that in particular is, is even more nefarious. All that said, though, I think Matt is spot on in his critique, and it's always kind of bugged me a little bit, but not enough to really say anything. So I'm glad you called in on it, Matt, because it really is kind of an insult to, uh, to Federal Express. And you, you could easily get across mm-hmm. the same concept to people by simply saying the Federal Reserve is not a federal government agency. You know, it's closely right. tied it's to the a- federal government, but it's not an actual government agency. Yeah, it's as federal as the post office, maybe, or something like that. Or it's yeah, as- but people look at the post office. I, I I understand what you're saying, and it's a very correct analogy. However, most people think the fo- the post office is an entirely federally run agency. They don't know that it has been some quasi privatized. Well, which one is oh. more or less federal, the Federal Reserve or the post office? I feel like the post office is more federal than the Federal Reserve. I feel like the, the Federal Reserve um, is more federal than the post office. The post office only has pensions, as far as I know, covered by um, and maybe some uh, sweetheart uh, rental deals. But other than that, it's a relatively private yeah, agency. They have over the past few years. I, I think it has a monopoly on first class mail. Okay, yeah. so they, that, yeah. they get a monopoly on first class mail. That's a lot smaller than your entire monetary system. Any other thoughts, Matt? Nope. Thanks for the call. Matt wasn't making it. that. Uh, Matt, before you go, you weren't making the point that the Federal Reserve is better or worse than, than the post office. And I don't want you le- getting off the air leaving um, at, like like somehow you got defeated. It's I, I understand your right. point um, that absolutely what you're saying is true. I just think that it's a nice little phrase to be able to throw out for the folks that don't know that much. All right. I, I just feel like it uh, it makes it sound like it's more private. And when you talk to people about market solutions to problems, they don't want it. You don't want them to think, oh, it's like the Federal Reserve. You want them to think it's the opposite of the Federal Reserve. I think he's absolutely right. Thank you, Matt, for the call. Matt, come up with a phrase that's better for me. How about (laughs) – not now. How about the Federal Reserve isn't federal?
How about it's not federal? It's not a federal government agency. Why do you have to go and bring FedEx into the picture? Well, it, by saying what you're saying, it's not a federal agency, then uh, then you're sa- essentially saying the same thing as it's as federal as Federal Reserve. Okay. How about you, it's quasi-federal? I, I don't understand why you need to uh, delineate between it, it being quasi-private and completely public. I mean, they're, they're both basically evil in sort of the same way. I think I think that the Federal Reserve is the most um, nefarious, evil organization that we have in the United States, and the reason is is the way that it has its monopoly and it has its private ownership at the same time. It has the very best of both worlds. Thank you, Matt, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We go to Jordan in California. Jordan, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, hey, Jordan. I just wanted to say that Vengeance and Clorox have fat dicks. Thank you for the call. I uh, can't take that on the air. 1-800-259-9231. So uh, we continue with the bigot. Scott is on the line in Massachusetts. Hello, Scott. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? I called about abolishing Martin Luther King Day, but it just it got my interest up. The Federal Reserve was created by the Warburg Didn't family. you call about the Martin Luther King Day thing yes, on did. Saturday? I mean, are you oh, calling about no, the same topic no, now no, every well, day? No, no, you didn't give me a chance. Uh, today is Martin Luther King Day. And I think, uh, gentlemen, it should be abolished, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, it, uh, it humiliates and degrades whites by making them feel ashamed and guilty and diminished for their dubious roles in slavery, segregation, and racism. Uh, my opinion is that the true purpose of MLK Day is for blacks to make MLK appear to be a martyr and a saint so that they can canonize and legitimize MLK and the civil rights movement in general However, whites must realize uh, the insidious side of MLK Day, which is that blacks use it to remind whites that they are racist and therefore have whites to always feel guilty uh, and indebted to blacks due to racism. I think that uh, I, I, like, I see a, a vein of truth in what you're talking about. Most of it's wrapped in uh, you know, the, the most horrid, horrid bigoted uh, sentiments. But what you're saying is I agree that uh, you know, sort of talking about racism doesn't really do any good. Um, you know, in fact, sometimes it makes it even worse. I th- I really, I, to, to some extent, I think that's true. But, you know, Scott, don't you, think that, uh, I mean, don't you think we'd all just get along a lot better if they, we didn't have these racial divisions? Well, we're forced to be because uh, blacks put reverse discrimination and affirmative no, action. sorry. Goodbye. 800-259-9231. Nobody's forced to do anything, and I'm, I, I just can't stand it when he puts people in groups based on their skin right color. On. It pisses me off. More coming up. Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 
And it is Ian here with you tonight. And Guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You will find it all totally free over at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. If the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire have touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved, well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.org. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, poll numbers about this whole Obama mania thing. Uh, People apparently even being allowed to take a full day off from work. To go and, I guess, just to go places and party or stay home and watch TV. You know, I would think they might want to stay and work, given the fact that Barack Obama is going to make the economy even worse. Get your money now. Get it while you can. (laughs) Work while you can, because the job might not be here a year from now. Well, now, let's be fair, Gardner. It's not Mm, just Barack Obama that's that's going to make the economy worse. He's just one. He's just the head, the figurehead for the organization that makes the economy worse, which is the federal government. The U.S. federal government, whether the figurehead is George Bush, Bill Clinton, George Bush, Ronald Reagan, or Barack Obama, is going to make the economy worse, because that's what it does. It siphons off the wealth of the productive and then redistributes it in ways that it finds acceptable that the productive people might not necessarily agree with. The people that that earn the money in the first place might not necessarily agree with the way the federal government is spending it, and it doesn't matter if they agree or not because they'll have it stolen from them every single time. And one thing's for sure, uh, Obama is not going to stop the wholesale theft uh, from Americans, nor is he going to stop the wholesale arresting of Americans, specifically for drug crimes and things like that. He's not going to stop arresting people who morally disagree with uh, whatever program it is that he's going to use the funding for and therefore throw them in prison. He's not going to, uh, you know, uh, you know whether that uh, whether that program be, I don't know, money for Israel or, uh, you know, killing people in Afghanistan or whatever. But it brings peace. What, uh, come, Mark? I just don't, I don't understand you. You know, Barack Obama is a bringer of peace, and sure, everything that he does and his salary and all the salaries of everyone else that will be paid to do these types of things will be brought about through non-peaceful actions, the coercion of government. But it's for a greater good. It's for unity. It's for the Commonwealth. It's it's for us all. So please, please, I mean, you know, to criticize him, I can't even believe that you don't want him to succeed. I, I don't. Well, I it's don't not understand. that I don't want Bro- Obama to succeed. Uh, people, people, uh, you know, use that terminology. It's but very what does simplistic. It mean? Right? That's the thing. It's the thing is, is I just don't believe socialism can no. succeed. No, government I'm not can't. Voting succeed. for or against Barack Obama, I'm telling people truth from my heart of right what on. I believe is true. Socialism doesn't work. There's a Margaret Thatcher quote out there: "Is the problem with socialism is sooner or later, uh, there's you know that you run out of money from uh, people from people from whom to steal the money or whatever. You know the the fact is the money goes." away yeah socialism is a leech california doesn't have any is a leech well but but what's fascinating is that the existence of government the very premise of government is based on a nugget of socialism which is that everyone will come together and take a portion of your property to create the police force to supposedly protect your property so government doesn't work as harry brown used to say and you know you know what gets me ian is i've heard some people say that to to dissent from government, to criticize and dissent, 
is the greatest form of patriotism. It's it's highly patriotic, which to me is a, it's a weird cycle in logic. It's a total tautology. So you mean by criticizing the government, you're actually being patriotic for your nation? You're sticking up for nation statehood when you're criticizing the government? No, I'm hmm. sorry, but guess what? Um, why do people continue to do that, that it's truly American? In other words, anybody who's critical, they still pull them in and say, you're a good citizen. For you're being part of the system. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I don't want to be a good stinking citizen. I want to criticize the state itself in the abstract, whether it's run by Barack Obama or by George Bush or by Milton Friedman or by Alan Greenspan or anybody whose mm-hmm. ideology is going to force my neighbor to operate in a certain fashion that runs contrary to the way that he would want to in a peaceful way. It's just unfortunate that most Americans don't think about it in the same way that you do, Gardner, because there's some numbers here. According to the Daily Mail in the UK, the incoming president has a lot to live up to, with polls suggesting the public has higher expectations of him than for any recent U.S. president. Now, this sounds bad on its face, but it could turn out to be good news in the long run after he crashes and burns like every president inevitably does. According to a survey published last night, 71% of Americans believe the economy will improve during the first year of the Obama presidency, and 65% said they think unemployment will drop. Asked about cash-strapped Wall Street, 72% said they thought the stock market would recover. 63% were confident that their personal financial situation would improve. And so I think, first of all, I think it's good that Americans are, you know, feeling positive about the upcoming year. However, if they think it's all because of one man, they're sorely mistaken. I mean, one man does not control the economy. One man does not make or break this country I mean, he could do some things that could do some damage, and he could do some things that could help things out, but he won't, certainly won't be doing much of the helping. He's, he's not going to do too many of the things that are, or, you know, he's not even talking about many of the things that would help uh, the country right. out. He's not, he's not even looking down that, that venue. So, so and, and the one positive thing that he had mentioned for, oh, well, maybe a maximum of about seven days or six days, which was uh, a group of tax write-offs that they would have allowed small businesses, boom, that was nixed yesterday or the day mm. before by, uh, by the Congress. That's out of his plan, and you're going to get more redistribution of wealth and taxes. And uh, and in addition to that, you know, I saw a poll. There was a CNN poll that said 60% of those polled in this CNN thing uh, were in favor of more government spending. The interesting thing is that they did another question in the poll, and they said, are you in favor of more government bailouts of big banks and big businesses? And 60% said no. no. So in other so words, spend they're it on in me. favor. Exactly. Right. 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 That's what they want. They just they, they, they want the money for themselves. and Which they should be able to keep it and keep it to themselves and not have to give it to the government in the first place, but they don't, think even, they don't even think that's an option. Right. Uh, and well, they're so, right. It's not. I don't even think they, they know well, where the money enough. comes from. I, would, I, you know, do they think that the, the government you know, can bake money and that it's actually coming from some productive endeavor that the government does and they're getting paid voluntarily and helping people's lives and therefore receiving remuneration for it. I don't because really know what the real think. marketplace. I yeah. mean, it's it's incredible to think that that cesspool cancer of government. And I, I know I'm using some you know sometimes colorful language here. Maybe it's because I'm drinking so much caffeine right now. But uh, you know this this cancer of government 
takes and takes and takes, and people think that somehow it's helping them. It, 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 there is no, no possible way it can help them from it, the outset. They've just been they've just been brainwashed into this belief system. I mean, it, one of the people quoted in the article says he cannot not succeed. He has to succeed because the world really depends on him right now. Oh my! God. I mean, the, this this whole mentality that this one man is it. This one man is what everything will be based off on. Whether or not the economy succeeds, will all be uh, you know based. Based on this man's actions and his decisions, Amen. you know what? And it's nonsense. But the, the positive thing about this, I mean, the, you can look at this and you could say, "Oh my gosh, seventy-one percent of Americans believe this is, you know, things are going to go in the right direction with this guy." But that also means that, I mean, if they're having record numbers of people believing in what's coming next, that also means that a record number of people are going to have their hopes dashed on the rocks of despair after, again, the, you know, things just don't work out the way they intended it to. Well, that's what some of the Republicans were counting on when they tried to put Bob Barr into the Libertarian Party. They wanted to make sure that McCain lost... And they wanted to make sure that Obama or Hillary Clinton won because on the very superficial surface, uh, to be redundant, on the, on the superficial aspect of it, people will see the Democrats in charge, Democrat Congress, Democrat Senate, and Democrat President. Everything is going to collapse. The, the market is going to go down even further. More unemployment is going to be widespread. And then the Republicans have this crazy idea that suddenly everyone will realize that, oh, collectivism and socialism, it, that doesn't work. <laughs> You know, if they haven't realized it now, the only thing that's going to get through to them are programs like this, not Barack Obama feeling. I think what's going to happen is they'll call for even more government intervention. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You mean like calling for things like a government-run bank? Oh, that They're actually talking about that right now. We'll uh, get to that story, plus whatever it is you want to discuss, 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com for three bucks a month. And we'll take that money, reinvest it in the show, get on more radio stations across the country, around the world, bring more Internet listeners on board, and help expose new people to the idea of freedom. Check it out at amp.freetalklive.com and get involved. You'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, all at amp.freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, we go to Toronto. Steve is on the line. Hello, Steve. You're on Free Talk Live. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Steve? Uh, just uh, two things. I just quickly wanted to chime in on the uh, um, Federal Reserve comparison to FedEx. Uh, the, the way I've heard it um, used and why I think it can be appropriate is uh, um, people have often said that I've heard, anyway, open the white pages of your phone book and you'll see Federal Express and Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve doesn't fall under a government portion of your phone book. And I think that really highlights to people that, wait a minute, the, the Federal Reserve is in the white page. It's not in the blue pages or whatever color pages, the, the way a normal government agency would be. So mm-hmm. I think that's why some people use that terminology. Does okay. that make sense? I see where you're coming from. Um, now, a lot of people's uh, you know white pages wouldn't have it at all. I mean, I, I doubt very seriously it is, you know, there's a Federal Reserve 
Is that sort sort of racist thing? White pages, you know? <laughs> come on, we just got yeah. done with that. No, it no. is any any state that like that would have a Federal Reserve Bank, Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, of New York, whatever. It it falls under the white pages, not under the government blue pages. Where, where does the postal service end up? That I I haven't checked out to be honest with you. I don't live down there, so I don't know. Yeah. So. Well, anyway, an I, that's just the context that I've heard it used in before, so that that's why I think it can be a useful tool. But okay. I did understand what the other gentleman was saying too that it does kind of disrespect Federal Express as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I, I I have to agree with the caller. I think that if you're going to be talking to somebody about the Federal Reserve Bank, you might as well just explain what it is instead of just kind of giving off this one-liner that doesn't I, really I have I agree anything. that explanations are good, but humans love little anecdotes, little oh, little sure. phrases, little sound bites. Yep. And you got to give them what they what uh, you know what it is that that's going to work. Well, I think it, that that's what we live in a world of sound bites, and I think if, if you're trying to get somebody to wake up to the truth of something, I think throwing a, I mean, people just look at you cross-eyed sometimes. Uh, I mean, I live in Canada here, but I got buddies that follow uh, the stock market and stuff. We're all interested in the financial circumstances, everything's going on right now. And when I said to my friend that Federal Express is not a federal agency, it's a privately owned bank by Um, independent banks, which are then in turn owned by private families, the shares in those banks. So, I mean, and he just kind of looked at me like I was lying until I showed him a video of it. But uh, anyway, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, calling from Canada. You guys were talking about socialism, and we have a government health care program. And I've said many times to different people, between environmentalism and health care, you could virtually lose every right you have as a citizen based on um, the good or betterment of the public and the environment. And it's just amazing how we see different programs being forced down our throats here for the betterment of the environment, for saving the health care system because it's our health care system um, is crumbling because our government won't fund it properly, even though they're taxing the heck out of us for it. But well, now wait a minute. You think this? You think that the healthcare problems could be solved in Canada by the government just putting more money into it? I'm sorry, that's not going to solve the problem. That's going no, to. No, but what I'm saying is that they use. I think they're underfunding it purposely to try and privatize it. That's my personal. You think opinion. the Canadian think government is now trying to get away from government-run healthcare? Yes, I, I think they are finding it very expensive, and you have a lot of corporations that. I think would like to get their claws into our healthcare system a little deeper. Well, what would you like to profit. see, Stephen? What, what, would you, what would you like to see happen? Uh, you know what? I don't know if there is a perfect fix. I, I mean, I like the idea of having healthcare for everyone that you can. You know, even the poorest citizen can walk into our our hospital. Well, and well wait a minute. Emergency. You think? Hold on a second. You think without the government around that people wouldn't be able to get healthcare? Well, are there not a lot of People in your country that don't have access to health care because they don't have health care coverage for it's insurance because they're a, too poor? It's a huge, huge issue. The price, the price dynamic of health care, the inflationary spiral of health care has been propelled by government intervention ever since World War II. Uh, it's, it's so bad. Uh, people here in the United States, anybody who is 
unable to get his own insurance policy is automatically covered by the government anyway. If they go into an emergency room, the hospitals have to take care of these people. And then the costs get shifted to people like me with private insurance policies. The rates go up. The government imposes all sorts of regulations on the insurance companies to have to accept people with pre-existing conditions, causing the rates to have to go up. It's an absolute mess. And the more the government gets involved with it, the more the tendency is for people to ask for relief from none other than the agency, the entity that created the problems, the government. Right. Right. So what you're saying then is people aren't going bankrupt from healthcare, they aren't losing no, their homes. No, that's not. You're setting up. You're setting up a straw dog. Uh, what I'm. What I'm saying is that I'm not saying people aren't going bankrupt from their healthcare costs, and I'm also right. not saying that we have a private system here. What I'm saying is that you will be able to get greater responsiveness and more people covered if you remove the government regulations and impediments and forces that are placed on the healthcare industry and allow the market forces to take over to be able to create a productive medical system rather than a semi-socialist system like we have in the United States today. Right. What you have to remember is that we don't have a free market in healthcare in the United States. We've got more more than half of the dollars spent in healthcare in the United States are spent by the government. That's a most mostly socialist system. Right. We have a uh, you know we have Medicare, uh, Medicaid, and and between those two programs, that's where most of the stuff comes. So what it does is it ends up uh, you know creating a system that doesn't work. I I'll grant you our system doesn't work very well, but I do think that you would have far better system if you got the government out of healthcare entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I. I actually agree with you to a certain extent as well. I think that um, there's so much money wasted with them having their grubby little hands on it. I mean, who knows? We just um, recently had a provincial election where the premier of Ontario said no new taxes, and then as uh, within days he added on a $900 per person health fee. Wow. And that went into the general coffers. Not into a separate fund to help um, hire more nurses, which is what we're... Uh, See, it doesn't are... matter, Stephen. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We're short yeah. on time. But it doesn't matter where they put the money. Okay, You can sit there and say, well, I think the money would be better if they spent it here. And then somebody else is going to say, well, I think it would be better if they but spent it, it over disappeared. there. And the fact is, right. you're not in charge, so they're going to put it where they want to put it. And you can complain about that. But it won't matter. Even if they did decide to spend the money where you think they should, like go and hire more nurses or whatever it is you want them to do, mm-hmm. it's still the government managing resources that they stole from people. It would and the matter. fact is, when, you don't have your, when you're not spending your own money... It, you're just not. You just don't have the same incentive to spend it accurately or to spend it with uh, to spend it carefully. Oh, if you're spending somebody else's money, you can just spend it on whatever you think is right, and whether it's wrong or right, it doesn't matter. It wasn't your money in the first place, and so that's why it won't matter where they spend the money because it's the government and everything they touch, they ruin, and so they're ruining health care. They they're ruining it in Canada and they're ruining it here in the United States. So if you, what Absolutely. you want is to have, and this has sounded like what you want, you want to have have affordable health care available to everybody. The only way that's going to be possible is for the government to step out completely and to allow the marketplace to create its own health care mechanisms, whatever insurance or services that, that need to be created to fulfill consumer demand as only the marketplace can do. 
then to allow uh, innovation and competition without people having to go and beg from the government or people to jump through endless government regulatory hoops in order to do business or fill out reams upon reams of paperwork in order to get a client. I mean, it's just insanity, the amount of regulation and the amount of control that has come down on the healthcare industry. It's driving good people out, doctors who would, who would love to continue in the business. They just don't want to deal with the, the paperwork anymore. They're getting out. They're going and playing golf. They're done. They're, they're out of the game. So you're driving yep. the best people out. You are driving costs dramatically up with the government intervention, whether it's in Canada or in the United States. And the only way to get uh, to to fix this problem is to completely get the government out and to allow the marketplace to, to solve it. And then, of course, you ask, well, what about the poor people? Because even in the marketplace, uh, the free market health care system, which we don't have yet, hopefully we will someday, but even in that system, there still may be somebody who's too poor to go to the doctor, even with lowered prices and competition and innovation. And I thank you, Stephen, for the call. Awesome. The answer, of course, to, is uh, what will happen to those folks? Well, charity can pick up that slack. And it used to. Yeah, it, it, sure it still does. Uh, there, there's all kinds of charity programs that go in hospitals. Absolutely, and there book, would be more. Great book that people should pick up, The Tragedy of American Compassion by Marvin Olasky, explains just what it used to be like before government got involved. More coming up here. Hour 2 is on the way. You can take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number two of the program. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Costa Rica. Brady is on the line. Hello, Brady. Brady in Costa Rica, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, Yeah, I've been a long-time listener. I'm calling in for the first time. I just uh, I wanted to say since the United States is basically a socialist country, I'm I'm kind of not too sad to see Obama be winning because I figure if there's going to be socialism, it's better that it's socialism for the average person and not big oil companies and big pharmaceutical companies and military industrial companies. You know. Well, what do you you don't think Obama's going to help his friends in industry? I'm sure he will, but, you know, there's nothing we can do about the fact that it's a socialist system. That's how it is. You can't cut hair in the United States without a license. You need to, you know... Oh, it's absolutely a uh, a big state government. Uh, sa- I think it's more of like a fascist socialist system. It's kind of a combo between the two. But there's a lot of socialism out there. And so what you're saying is that it's it's better uh, if we're going to have socialism, we might as well have Obama's brand rather than Bush's brand. Is that what you're kind of suggesting? Exactly. Right. I'd rather have them, you know, paying Social Security and Medicare than paying to. You know, fight well, wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Well, and I, I don't know. I think you're, I, I think it's I'm folly kind of, to believe they're going to stop I, fighting wars. I'm of the opinion that I, I agree with you, and I, I um, to some extent, if I've got to pick between uh, socialists that are going to kill more people and socialists that are going to kill fewer people, I guess I'll take the socialists that'll kill fewer people. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're both going to create a government system that's going to destroy itself in the long run, harm harm countless millions of people. But at the very least, they're not sending as many tanks, guns, bombs, aircraft carriers over there. True. I mean, Bill Clinton did drop bombs in Iraq, but probably not as many as were dropped during George Bush. Yeah, so. i got to tell you guys, i got to tell you, um, just as an aside, something I wanted to mention last hour, and this has sort of prompted me, and this might be a good opportunity to mention it, 
Those people who think that the Barack Obama administration is suddenly going to change things for civil liberties so that the nation becomes somewhat less fascist on the federal government side, uh, they need to take note of the conversation that Barack Obama had with George Snuffleupagus on his program a week ago Sunday on This Week on ABC because Snuffy asked him repeatedly over and over again about waterboarding and whether or not the torture that was conducted by the CIA and constantly was denied by the feds, but denied by Bush, denied by Alberto Gonzalez. And then the army came out to try to run interference to say, we are not going to engage in waterboarding, according to the army field manual. And so, well, no one ever accused the army of doing it. It was the CIA that was doing it. Uh, with proxies somewhere in Romania and Poland yep. and things like that. And that that was all written about. Everybody knows. So Snuffy kept asking him, the CIA special program of waterboarding, will it end? And Obama, for those people who listen very carefully, and I recorded it and picked it apart and I recorded a podcast for it, Obama would not answer the question. Really? How would he deflect it? He kept saying he even did what the Bush administration said. Well, uh, you know, um, our soldiers, uh, they need to do what they need to do. Our soldiers oh uh, need to be protected. But they I, I will not allow our soldiers to engage in torture. And the question had nothing to do with soldiers. And he didn't. It was about the he CIA. Kept deflecting. Exactly. So people who think that Barack Obama is going to be some sort of, uh, you know, open and shut, open and shut case or an open book regarding yeah. all this type of stuff had better be very, very careful because he is going the same route as the Bush administration and Dick Cheney. Hey, Brady, uh, you down there in Costa Rica. What, uh, what, what are you down there for? You just, uh, well, it's a, lot, it's, it's a much freer country than it is in the United States where I was born. I've lived down here for about 15 years now. And, for example, you know, like the medical, you were talking with the guy about the medical things. And, you know, here I can get a, I can get a filling in my tooth for $20. And I was in the United States, and I called, and I needed an emergency filling. They wanted $450 just to take x-rays, you know. Wow. And it's because... You know, you have to. The, the American Dental Association says that only so many people can study dentistry, so that they, you know, and it's just a big racket. So, uh, no, so you would no say freedom. Costa Ricans government uh, less intrusive than the U.S. It's, it's government? It's a lot smaller. There's, there's, it, it, yeah, it's a much more free country than the United States. Where, where do you live in Costa Rica? Which uh, part of the country uh, did you choose? On the beach by uh, Mano Antonio. Very nice. You know, I'd actually, I'd actually looked into Costa Rica as, a, as an international option for if things get too bad here yeah. in the states. And uh, yeah, it's, the one's definitely one of the shining stars out there. I, I agree with that. And Costa Rica, it, there's, it's there's no know, military. I, well, yeah, there's no military, and the weather's a lot nicer than it is in New Hampshire. Man, <laughs> <laughs> that there, much but, is true. I, I see some real advantages. However, um, the the biggest thing that Ian and I have going on in our lives is Free Talk Live. Right. One thing you can be sure of is that there's, you know, there's not going to be 50 radio stations in the United States that want to carry a show from Costa Rica. Yeah, Come true. on down to Costa Rica. <laughs> Come on down to our Banana Republic and leave the red, well, white, and know, blue behind. Well, it's all on the Internet. It's all international now. I mean, I've, I think it's yeah. great that you guys are still on there. I've been listening to you guys for 10 years now. And, you know, I don't 10 know how years? Long it's been, but since you yeah. first started out, oh, wow, I, mean, I, I just... Uh, I just tuned in again recently, and I'm glad to see you guys are still around. Cool. And prostitution's legal in Costa Rica too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, prostitution. All, all you know, it's pretty. It's a free country. I mean, well, I don't know about that. A, I mean, there's still a drug war down there, isn't there? What's that like? Yeah, but it's not. You know, it's just the United States Coast Guard intercepting boats from Colombia. It's not. It's it's a much freer country. How than do they the feel States. about uh, Americans, gringos? How do they feel about that down there? Well, you know. 
I don't know. It's it's one of those things. You know, a lot of people are moving down here, and and they come down with more money than than the people who live here, mm-hmm. you know, have. But you know, this is a good. You know, tourism is the big uh, industry here. But you know, the other thing too is things like you're not going to get arrested for smoking a joint on the street here really? in Costa Rica. No, not at all. That's good to know. So, would you uh, feel like as the as a as an American former American moved down there, you say 15 years ago, would you say you've been uh, relatively uh, able to meld into the populace down there, or are people always oh, yeah, looking I, at you as an I, outsider? I I was married for 10 years. I got two kids who were born here, and and yeah, I mean it, it's uh, I you know I I I couldn't go back to the United States now. It's, Let's it, talk I about the back, money. I went back recently, and it freaked me out how it was with the. <laughs> The police you know, state. The police yeah. state. Yeah. Let's talk about the money real quick, can we? Um, what do? Uh, I mean, like, if I were to go down there with a certain amount of savings, hundred thousand dollars, how far is that going to go? Um, it'll go a little farther than the United States, but there's a lot of opportunities. You can, you know, there, you can to start a business. It's much easier and much less regulation. Can I much, do it as a non-citizen? Absolutely, and there's no property tax here where I live. I mean, you know, there's property tax, but it's negligible right it's a couple couple of pennies or something yeah it, it's it's nothing it's not like you know where they you have to pay ten thousand dollars a year they're going to take your house away. what's it's the like, immigration you know. process like down there well you get as a u.s citizen you get a three-month visa and you're supposed to leave every if you leave for 72 hours every three months you're fine hmm. like i said I, I got married down here so i just you know i've been here but so but you, can, you can be you just have to go do you just have to go to, across the border to Panama yeah. um, for Panama, 72 hours? Nicaragua for three days and come back. Oh, man. <laughs> Take a weekend. That's great. Yeah. Not or, too what, shabby. Or cruise off just off the yeah. coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going to gambling. That, you know, I've heard so many good things about Costa Rica, and I've also heard some very good things about uh, certain areas in Vietnam. A lot of people are buying property, uh, investing, and things like that. And I think more and more people are going to be looking to those places, to Ireland, and other places to get away from this sort of a situation. Yeah. And hopefully maybe we can attract some people to New Hampshire if they're still willing to stick in the United States. Maybe yeah, this should be New the Hampshire last stop. The option. If, right, if you're getting yeah. ready to leave the United mm-hmm. States, come on up here to New Hampshire, give it a, uh, give it one more shot, uh, because I think we can turn things around if we get together. And if not, well, there's always Costa Rica or well, New yeah, Zealand I, or Belize. And something. I've said from the very beginning on this that if you want freedom for yourself, buy a sailboat. Mm-hmm. If you want to work towards freedom in the United States and therefore for the world, because the United States, I mean, people say what you want. It's still the leading nation in the world. If you want to work for freedom um, in the world, come to New Hampshire. That's if you want freedom for yourself. It sounds like Costa Rica is a pretty good good option. option. Certainly uh, sounding very interesting to me. And it's something I could sell a heck of a lot easier to my wife than uh, (laughs) frigid, uh, you know, 20 below degree temperatures uh, like we had uh, a couple of nights ago here in New Hampshire. Hey, Brady, I'm glad you're listening. And I thank you for the call. I appreciate it. And keep us in the loop if uh, anything interesting happens down there, because I've always been intrigued by Costa Rica. And what first got me interested was years ago when I was more involved in the Libertarian Party back when it actually was the party of principle uh they were talking about the costa rican libertarians as though they were having some success and it looked as though they were but from what i understand now it's uh, similar things have happened as have happened to the national the uh, the u.s libertarian party in that the sort of uh, politicos took over the costa rican libertarian party and essentially watered it down and now they're not doing anything exciting more coming up you bring up what you want this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's 1-800-259-9231. 
9231, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features we give away. Live streams include the broadband, dial-up, and webcam versions of the show. Go to listen.freetalklive.com and see and hear them all. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who trust LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents, people trust. LegalZoom.com. That's LegalZoom.com. We continue with your phone calls. Jeremy in Montana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy, Montana, going once. Jeremy? Hello. You're on the air. Hey, y'all sound a lot better on the Internet than through the scratchy AM. i got to tell you that. Well, I guess it depends on how far you are away from the uh, the AM transmitter. We've had uh, some of our listeners say they prefer to listen to us in analog. So go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I was, I was wanting to talk about the uh, differences between Obama and Martin Luther King. And one of them is, is uh, Martin Luther King didn't have a teleprompter. He spoke from his heart. Mm. That's one of them, you know. And the other thing is, is that Martin Luther King was about the people and about people getting along without racism and without a bunch of government and without That's a bunch great. of cops all over the frickin' place. And Obama, he's just the opposite. He's all about uh, continuing on with this uh, uh, green Nazis, you know, people that want to spy on people maybe you're burning too much wood or you're uh, doing this or that on your own property and they're just two totally and people that are trying to connect the two they're just so idiotic and so retarded and they don't know a damn thing in my opinion isn't it interesting how uh so many people today don't even flinch to to consider when they think that uh racial equality means government policy, means government institutions, means mandating uh, equal pay for equal work for men and women, things like that. I talked to a woman who was a supposed feminist, and it was like, I'm telling you, it was like getting hit in the face with a basketball every time I tried to talk to this girl. I don't know if you've ever played hoop, but it hurts a lot. (laughs) This woman is an older woman, 77 years old, and she says, let me tell you, I'm a feminist. And uh, I said, that's nice. And I said, so would you like to see men and women treated equally in society or in government? Because if you want to do it through government, you need to tell me what institutions you would force to abide by what you want. And it's the same thing as you bring up with Martin Luther King and and, uh, and Barack Obama. The, the change in the racial movement has become really just one of ra- reverse racist fascism in many cases. And I don't want to tie myself in with the, with the uh, caller from Massachusetts earlier, but really it all has to do with making people conform, whether they like it or not, and trying to take care of problems of the past by creating problems through government today. There's no doubt about it. Jeremy, thanks for the call tonight. As always, appreciate hearing from you. Uh, Another thing is uh, uh, Martin Luther King believed that peace was the means. He was very, very, very clear that peace was the means to peace and equality. Whereas Barack Obama has claimed, and he's either 
A, a liar, or B, a violent, dangerous man. Um, and uh, Probably both. Well, he's a politician, right? Right. I mean, to me, that's both. But if you believe that Barack Obama is the change, you cannot deny that he is either well, a liar or a violent, dangerous man because he said he's going to add 105,000 uh, Marines and troops to the military and, you know, finish the war in Afghanistan, whatever, however but, many people you, that means he's going to kill. But you know, Mark, you bring up, I think, a, a point that if, if expanded upon, I think is 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 uh, something that can really be carried with people. People today think that majority rule equates to peace. They think that the United States, when they see this smooth transition from one leadership regime to another leadership regime, they think that that's peaceful because. Americans have spoken out. It's their great tradition of dem democratic choice. Mm -hmm. They think that if 51% says this is the way it's going to be, that's peace. They, they have no concept that the existence of government is not peace. You can't have peace if there is a government. Just because everybody is ob obeying what the government is demanding of them doesn't mean that we're at peace. It just Precisely. means we're under constant threat of violence. Exactly. Everybody obeys because they're afraid. And this is something we covered, over the, over, I think it was over the weekend or at least recently, where we were talking about the, the, the level of fear that the average American has for what the government could possibly do to them. And, and it, going back to what Martin Luther King was, was all about, and that is uh, peaceful solutions to racial uh, problems. The, the government doesn't solve these at all. In fact, as you're pointing out, Guard, it makes it worse because if you're forcing somebody to do something for someone who's of a different color than them, then they might resent the fact that they're being forced to do it. And that might actually make the, the whatever racial tension exists, uh, that it that did exist, it might exacerbate it. Yeah. It might make it worse. And so what we need to do is come to terms with it and understand that people are just people. And it doesn't matter what plot of land they were born on. It doesn't man, uh, matter how much melanin they have in their skin. It doesn't matter what their religion is. Right. It matters what they choose. And if what they choose is to force their neighbor to do things, then that's what they should be judged on. They should, that's what they should be. Uh, that, that should be the criteria. It shouldn't be anything else. Mm -hmm. It should be all about what their choices are and what it is that they believe and what it is that they say and, say and what they get behind. Isn't it interesting uh, that Martin Luther King's most famous speech is I Have a Dream speech, that the core of that was that he had a dream that people would someday be treated by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. And more and more and more, the media and the society that propels this government, these government institutions, pushes on us. A, a, a government that judges people by their skin. Well, look at the right. way they're talking you, you, about Obama. You've, abso you've absolutely hit it right on the head. The fact is, Obama's a socialist, and most Americans don't want that. However, he's the first black, black president. president. Oh, That's why it's hairy deal. That's yeah. why tomorrow is supposed to be historic. That's right. why tomorrow's inauguration is so much more apparently important than anywhere else. Because, well, we just haven't. And when I say we, I mean uh, a lot of Americans just haven't. Let go of the, the the idea that somehow people are different because of the color color of their skin. Mm -hmm. That there's something important about the color of somebody's skin, and yeah. it's nonsense. And you're right; it's just constantly reinforcing that. I, I'm very disappointed, especially because uh, if you are critical of Barack Obama in in certain uh, spheres, you will be accused of not being open to racial inclusiveness or being cold-hearted about the struggle of of certain racial minorities or s sexual minorities or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I have no connection to that. I've mentioned this before in the air. When I was a kid, 
I watched Mission Impossible. My favorite character was Barney, played by uh, the, the black guy. You know, my favorite show is Sanford and Son. Later on, favorite mm. comedy show. I love Bill Cosby. You know, it's like I don't. I just don't. It's very strange, I think, for people who are older than uh, 45, 50 years old to understand that people below that age group have no uh, – many of us, uh, I mean uh, many of us who live out in the suburbs and things like that, we have no concept, no understanding of all the struggles that they went through. And sometimes they need to recognize that the more they focus on it, the more it starts to attract attention to something that is not as bad as they think it is. Toll-free number here for you to bring up anything is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's both private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can go over there and get a free account today at PrivacyHarbor.com. And you can also visit the Shrine of Female listeners over at Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. See our brand newest Shriner, Anya, who is originally from Russia. So you can take a look at that, Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. We continue and talk to Mike, listening in Montana. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Mike, what's on your mind you know, tonight? Well, half the things that we talk about has to do with propaganda and spin. I mean, you're that guy from Canada. I mean, he was upset they're getting away from social, you know, medicine, and here in America, we're upset that we're going towards social medicine. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've listened to a lot of radio recently, especially in light of, uh, you know, Barack Obama, the war in Israel. I mean, it comes down to spin. I mean, if Barack Obama was an independent politician running against Democrats and Republicans, then they would have had blacks come out of the woodwork saying, um, you know, like, uh, what was the guy had the TV show uh, moving on up? He used to call his son-in-law, who was half white, half black, a zebra. You mean I mean, uh, the Jeffersons or something? Racial against Barack Obama because he's not pure black. It's just all about You're saying spin. if he was running as an independent? If he was running as an independent, nobody would have paid attention to him in the first place. Well, no, they they would attack him like they attack Ron Paul. You know what I'm saying is they would. Well, Ron Paul wasn't running as an independent; he was running as a Republican. Exactly. Well, yes and no, but uh, anyway. Well, yes, he was was running as a Republican, and that's why. Just use it as an example as a Republican. If uh, Barack Obama was running as a Republican, if, for instance, uh, if Walter Williams were to run as a Republican, Mm. use that example. I think that's um, that'll fit. Right, and, and you know, I've listened to a lot of independent radio recently, and you'll hear these guys for months and months harping how the United Nations is bad and the United States should pull out of the United Nations. But then when it's the war in Israel, all of a sudden it's reverse. Mm-hmm. You know, Israel should obey the United Nations. That you know, we, we should all, you know, sanction Israel, and we should all follow the resolutions of the United Nations. 
I mean, the hypocrisy out there, the spin. When, pe- when you start seeing people's true motives and their true heart on issues, I mean, it's about race. You know, it, it's a, it really is about, you know, there is a lot of racism out there. You know, yeah. people don't look at the issue. Um, you know, I mean, the United States, you and I may not think it's right. Other people may think it's wrong. Um, war, you know, um, well, I don't know how much racism there is out there, and anybody would be speculating to even suggest it, but can you really say that there's that much if somebody who is indeed half black uh, could win the presidency? I mean, maybe racism is on the decline. Well, what I'm just talking, you know, the root of what I'm saying is spin. You could spin it one way, you could spin it the other, you know, and, and it's about the sources that have the power to spin um, the politics. Uh, Barack Obama has no substance. I mean, a, a true man of substance wouldn't try to link himself to Lincoln and paint himself as Lincoln and do all this stuff like Lincoln. He would just do his own thing, and he would and he would not worry about it. I mean, Kennedy didn't try to become Lincoln S. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's just really interesting to see spin. You know, and well, you'll be seeing. I mean, there's always spin. Spin's been around since uh, you know the beginning of politics, as far as I'm concerned. The, the, pervasiveness on independent radio i mean like what do you just de- what do you define as independent radio i'm just curious you well um i guess not the cookie cutter uh nbc abc uh fox cnn i mean that 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 is that is megla commercial um you know oligarchy type controlled media i mean there's a few guys in the in the their hands on the orchestra of that media, whereas independent, I mean, you're not calling up Ted Turner and asking him how to run your broadcast, and you're not worried about getting fired by Ted Dur- Turner on on the substance of your broadcast. I suspect so Ted Turner doesn't care if we live or die. <laughs> so, so what is the point you're making about independent radio? I'm sorry, go ahead with that. Well, the independent radio, um, like for instance, the, uh, it's a good example. This war um, in Gaza with Israel and the Palestinians, um, independent radio would say. You know, we have every right to attack the terrorists that attacked us on 9-11. We have the right to go in Afghanistan. All the European nations are okay about, you know, hunting down um, supposedly terrorists in Afghanistan. Anybody that fires on American soldiers is now a terrorist, and so the war now has to go in Pakistan. And, you know, Obama's okay with that. Everybody's okay with that. But, um, you know, another example is Israel. If they pursue their enemies into their enemy stronghold. I don't really know um, if I'm understanding what you're getting to. What are you getting getting at? I'm just—it's just funny that how independent radio um, recently, you know, is saying that we should obey the United Nations, that we shouldn't pull out of the United Nations as long as the United Nations resolutions are anti—so you're saying enemy or anti-Israel? You're saying that you're saying that now the independent radio is turning against Israel and embracing the UN when in the past they were opposed to the UN and the crux of it is that they don't like Israel and Israel has uh, you're making a point about in addition to the double standard of these people but making a point I think a subtle point that you're trying to get across about Israel itself and the, and the problems in Gaza 
Well, no, I, it, it's a great example. I mean, if it didn't happen this last three weeks, so I, I would use another example. Well, okay, I'm now just, I'm still confused. I mean, you're using this term independent radio, obviously, to catch a whole, uh, catch a whole bunch of shows, and I don't know if every show agrees with what you're saying. So when you say independent radio, do you mean Rush Limbaugh? Do you mean Sean Hannity? Do you mean, uh, you know, Air America? What, what do you consider independent radio? Well, I know I already uh, asked I would, that question, but I, you, your answer before free. was ABC, not ABC, not uh, NBC, not CBS. But most radio shows aren't. Uh, I guess there are some that are owned by ABC Radio, but most of them are not owned by those companies. So, give me an example. Give me just a few. Throw me three independent radio shows out there that you you would consider independent. Uh, free Talk Live, um, Alex Jones. And um, Michael Savage. But you just <laughs> okay. Michael's, so that's Michael's, a hell of a, a mix there. You said that independent radio was saying that now they want to use the UN resolutions, and you just included us in your list of independent radio shows. Now, Free Talk Live, I think, would uh, be defined in the radio business as an independent, uh, in that we are not dependent on the the larger networks. We're not owned by anybody, and that sort of thing. Michael Savage, however, is owned by the the talk radio network, mm-hmm. and. Well, Talk Radio Network, uh, I was going to correct him too, but uh, the Talk Radio Network's about as independent as you get amongst the Talk Radio the big Network boys. is independent, but Michael Savage himself is not an independent host. He's owned well, he doesn't whole need to be independent lock, stock, and barrel by the Talk Radio Network. And, and, the Michael Savage show is, and the Michael Savage show is completely 180 degrees opposite from Free Talk Live. So to even be couched in the same uh, zip code as that guy is, well, is, is look, not even accurate. You didn't ask me to name a thousand. Well, you can't name a thousand. See, this is my problem with what you're saying here. You keep saying, well, independent radio says this and independent radio says that. First of all, there is no independent radio out there. There are different radio shows, and they have people on them that have different opinions. So we're we're right back into this discussion about collectivism and putting people into groups, whether we're putting people into groups based on their skin color or where they were born, or in your case, putting them into a group that you call independent radio that I, for one, have a severe disagreement with. I don't have anything in common with uh, at least... I know of uh, in common with Michael Savage. He's a rabid uh, statist. I consider him a bigot, and uh, I certainly don't have anything that I want to have anything to do with the UN. So you were labeling us as being similar to him, and I don't think we're similar to him at all. Well, the, the discussion wasn't about uh, Free Talk Live and, and your association with any other independent, because if you were um, not independent, you would be an associate. So being an independent means that you're neither left or right. You are what you are, right? So lumping all, I mean, it's like, I mean, you, you're you, turning you into, a, you turn into an argument of black and white, and this is what I said. No. Do you understand what I'm radio. saying, Mike, when I say oh, that radio. we don't want to have anything to do with the U.N. at all, but yet you plugged us into a group that, and you suggested that we would want to have something to do with U.N. resolutions? So you're wrong. Yeah, I think he, was, he probably was speaking a little loosely there. would probably like to go back and revise yeah. what he had to say. Maybe but, so, but yeah. we're out of time. Thanks for the call. More coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. <laughs> Free Talk Live is not Michael Savage. You take control. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. 
And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. If you go there and shop through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you're buying in 41 categories uh, in which you can shop, there are free Super Saver shipping deals all over the place on Amazon. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com. Buy great things like Gardner Goldsmith's book, Hey, Live Free or Die. Thanks, That's bro. one of the many, probably millions, of uh, products they have on Amazon. It's such a huge selection. The brands you trust, the names you know, and you get uh, user reviews right there on the website. It's just so, it makes it so easy to buy things. They even have groceries uh, at Amazon now. In fact, uh, Gard, you and I were talking about uh, soda during yeah, the break, yeah. and I mentioned that you can buy Mexican soda that has uh, sugar in it instead of... Archer Daniels Midland corn syrup. Corn syrup, right. And so I think you could probably get some of that stuff through Amazon's grocery store at amazon.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live will get a cut. We go to your calls. Sam is on the line from the Obscure Truth Network on the Amp Line. Hey, good evening, boys. Hey, Sam. Sam. What's on your mind? (laughs) I had a handful of interesting calls on the telephone today, and I picked out one to tell you guys about. Okay. From the... uh, government uh, survey-taking apparatus. I think it was the National Science Foundation. So this hmm. started about eight years ago, back when I was a good citizen and, you know, patriotic. I was even worse off than Mark, if you can believe that. <laughs> and uh, so when they sent this survey, well, of course, I, you know, I was a new college graduate. It was about new college graduates. So I filled it out, sent it back in. They check back with you every four years. So the second time, I did it again. Well, the third time came up shortly before I moved. And I got the form and thought, nah, I don't really have any interest in this, and threw it away. And uh, today I got a call from this nice lady on the phone who explained she was with that survey and was following up and mm-hmm. asked, uh, "Have you? Uh, did you receive it? And I said, yes. And she goes, well, did you fill it out and, and return it? And I said, no. And she goes, oh, uh, well, we we can do it right here over the phone. I'll just ask you a few questions. Hmm. And I said, no, that's okay. I don't really uh, believe in government anymore. And she (laughs) goes, well, the the study is done by the National Science Foundation and uh, and not the government. I said, "Uh, right, but it's done for the government, and that's the system that I don't believe in anymore. So why would I want to support it? Hmm. And she kind of sat there for a second, and she goes, well, I, I understand what what you're saying and your feelings about that, sir, but uh, I'm sure you would want to support recent college graduates in picking a, uh, a career, a good career choice. I said, well, I think the education system is uh, regulated and controlled by government uh, restrictions based on studies like these, and I wouldn't want to support that by letting market signals or by letting uh, the free market signals get distorted by government restrictions awesome. uh, that don't don't allow students to see a clear picture of the of the uh, market for jobs. And she goes, well, um, okay, sir, I, I understand how you feel about that. I can't promise you won't be called again, mm-hmm. but I understand, sir. Thank you. <laughs> she just had no idea what to do with you. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's awesome, Sam. I, I can't promise you won't be called by the IRS pretty soon or the Feds after they. We're gonna we're gonna give them a call because you sound like a real odd duck. Well, we're, <laughs> the funding for the National Science Foundation comes primarily from the government, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, this yeah. survey is is done on behalf of the government so that they yeah. can. Uh, you know, they're, they're the ones paying for the whole thing. And when I pointed that out. 
She didn't really know where to go. They gave her the talking points, but they didn't really fit with what I was doing. Look, buddy, I just got to fill this survey out. Would you do me a favor? (laughs) (laughs) She was quite perplexed and just had no idea how to really respond to me. Wow. And I'm really curious to see if they're going to have a supervisor call or somebody else that's going to try and figure out just what's going on with hmm. this troublemaker over here. Well, you know, Sam, you remind me of a conversation that I had one time, the great honor of being able to interview Bill Frist, the senator at the time. And, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. It was so exciting. He and his wife were promoting some stupid book that she had out or, you know, some dumb thing and uh, using his name and notoriety to try to make more money that, uh, you know, evidently they wanted to try to make honestly, except they can promote it because he's a, a senator. Right. And uh, so we started talking about, uh, I don't know, AIDS research or something like that. And I said, well, Senator, uh, first of all, I don't see where anybody can quote for me a passage of the Constitution that you swore to uphold that allows you to fund AIDS research or any other type of research. And second of all, how does it show that anyone cares about any malady when the government forcibly takes their money from them and funds it for that particular research or Alzheimer's research or cancer research or spinal cord research or whatever it is? Nobody actually volunteered this money. And he says, he says, do you hate the poor black babies in Africa? Is that that your problem? (laughs) Oh, I know. It's just ridiculous. Now now you're reminding me of George Bush's last press conference where he said, people around the world love us. They like us. <laughs> yeah, I see, because you're trying to buy their <laughs> love. Oh, man. So, so Frist, what a knucklehead, man. This guy has the audacity to sit there and try to jump over the hurdle that I've, I've put in front of him by saying, well, if, if you don't want any scientific research. I'm like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> Who's saying that no scientific research is going to happen if the government doesn't take my neighbor's money? And How many scientists work for the government? What are you I mean, talking about? <laughs> Dole out the money. So I guess all human advancement came from government. government yeah. I mean, what a dummy. Just absolutely stupid. Does he think that people listening are actually going to swallow that? that Some people pill? believe that. I, I guess I think hey, he does. Garth, they've had the media in their pocket just spitting these facts right back out without even thinking about them. So, mm. of course, they can sell just about anything that they want to to the uh, the sheeple out there. Well, yeah, I hope yeah. you gave her something to think about there, uh, Sam, with your, with your phone conversation. Who knows what she went away? Uh, to, who knows what she said to the next lady in the cubicle over to her after that? <laughs> Jerk. No kidding. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. She said, "I think that was just that guy Sam from the Obscured <laughs> Truth Network." It's got to be mind-bending uh, for somebody that has just never encountered a viewpoint like that to have somebody just lay it out there. I, I'm against government. I, I don't agree with government anymore. I don't believe in government anymore. I mean, w- w- what? I mean, the, the, the response just has to be stunned, silence uh, to some extent, as they're trying to process what it is that they've heard. Uh, you know... She might have even thought he was a terrorist. I mean, if you're not in favor of government, then maybe you want to violently get rid of it. You're for us or against us. Well, you know, I was... uh I was at a, a recent event. It was actually the marijuana protest that happened uh, a couple weeks ago here in Keene. And there were so many people there. Probably about 40 different people had come out to this from all across New Hampshire uh, to watch Andrew Carroll possess marijuana publicly. 
And one of the people there uh, was a guy named White, and he'd moved here uh, just that very same day, or like the day before, just brand new arrival uh, in New Hampshire, and had met him before at one of the, the recent Liberty Forums. Uh, and he he brought this brochure with him that he picked up on his travels to New Hampshire, and he gave this to me because he was done with it, and he thought maybe we could use it on the air, and I said, yeah, we could use this. It's actually a trifold from New York State. And apparently, as he was driving through New York State, fairly big state, odds are you're going to have to stop and get some fuel or, or go to the bathroom or something. And he was at one of those, I guess, you know, info kiosks mm-hmm. in one of the kind of uh, stop stations alongside the uh, the highway there. And uh, that's where he got this. And it says, Safeguard New York. And on the front, there's the seal of New York State, which actually the seal of the New York State Homeland Security Office. If you see something, say something. Report suspicious activity, and then the phone number that you can call to snitch out people. But what do you need to report? Well, that's what this brochure is all about. And the first thing it opens up with here is terrorist groups and what they've been known to do. And I thought it might be interesting to go through this bro- uh, this brochure, at least part of it, and let's let's break it down. Let's see what is it that the New York State Office of Homeland Security would like you to keep an eye out for. Be a watchful citizen. Be a good citizen and snitch. Pick up the phone. Call on your neighbors if you think they're doing something suspicious. Well, what what suspicious things are we supposed to be looking for? How can we help prevent terrorism? What are the seven signs of terrorism? I mean, this is a this is an information-packed brochure. And we're going to dig so into it coming up here in hour three. signs, Ian. Would that be grumpy, sneezy? <laughs> I, I don't know. Sorry, man. Maybe I'm, not, I'm off base there. If uh, It says here there's an ongoing concern that those individuals who intend to impair our way of life through disrupting our economy or by inflicting physical or psychological suffering continue to plot against us. You mean the Federal Reserve? Anyone can become a victim of their activity. This concern exists not just for international terrorists, but for those that are homegrown as well. And this is just the beginning here. We'll get into the list of things terrorist groups have been known to do, and uh, maybe even the seven signs of terrorism. And we'll see what you think about this at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour three is coming up. Plus, we still have to talk about the government bank that Obama's team has proposed. That's an interesting idea. Well, wait a minute. Maybe not. Hour three coming up. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into Hour 3 of the program. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So we're going to start things out here with a, uh, a brochure, actually, that one of our listeners picked up at the New York State Office of Homeland Security kiosk, or wherever it was. It was somewhere in his travels through New York on his way here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, which we'll talk more about at a later time. Uh, But it's a brochure called the Safeguard New York. If you see something, say something, and then they give you the toll-free number that you can snitch on your neighbors to, if you believe uh, them to be terrorists. 
So they give you some tips uh, on what to uh, you know keep an eye, an open eye for things you need to be watching uh, to be vigilant about and say something to the authorities. About. Right, mm. right. So here's the list of things that terrorist groups have been known to do. Number one, establish cells and operations within the United States. Two, be diverse and encompass members of different cultures. Three, engage in criminal entrepreneurship for funding purposes. Four, counterfeit money for funding purposes. Five, smuggle and traffic drugs through various means, including personal vehicles, tractor trailers, motorcycles, small private planes, small boats, snowmobiles, and sleds. So look out for those snowmobilers, or worse, the children on their sleds. They may have drugs inside them. And they might engage in illegal liquor and cigarette trade, illegally purchase and trade weapons, and utilize the Internet to promote their mission, network with those people who believe in their cause, and gain new members. Now, we've said before on this program, and I've, or at least I've said, that governments have a lot in common with terrorist groups. In fact, if you look at that list of things that terrorist groups have been known to do from the perspective of, well, does it fit the government? Let's go through it again. Establish cells and operations within the United States. Well, we know the United States is a, a government entity, uh, basically. The, the United States is essentially the federal government. So uh, establishing cells and operations, let's just look at that part. Yeah, that's what governments do. They establish cells of governments all over the place. They, you know, the, the federal government has its cells in the, in the state governments, in the, the, lo- the local governments. I mean, even the, even the local police departments are getting homeland security money from the feds. So the, there, are, there are governments cells all across the United States. Be diverse and encompass members of different cultures. Well, we know that's important to government. Sure. Mm-hmm. They even have rules about it. Engage in criminal entrepreneurship for funding purposes. Well, we know that they steal money from people in order to fund themselves. I would call that criminal entrepreneurship. The entirety of government is essentially criminal entrepreneurship. They steal from people. That's their main funding mechanism. If you don't pay, they hurt you. That sounds like the definition of criminal entrepreneurship for funding purposes. How about counterfeiting money? Well, we already know that the Federal Reserve is the organization that is given the monopoly privilege by the government people to print out as much money as uh, the government people demand that they print. And just a point about the Federal Reserve, we were talking about that first hour, um, whether or not uh, someone thinks it's wise to say that the Federal Reserve is about as uh, federal as Federal Express um, I think that that uh, unfortunately reinforces the idea that the government should be more involved with controlling the money supply. Uh, both the government or a government-sanctioned monopoly controlling the money supply are huge mistakes. So let's continue the list. Smuggle and traffic drugs through various means. Well, uh, government smuggling drugs. There have been evidence of it. The government has Ali been North. Ollie North's, the CIA, uh, certainly Border Patrol members have smuggled drugs. Yeah, the government doesn't need to fund itself. A terrorist organization would have to, it, it, you know, uses drugs because of the government rules on drugs make it more lucrative. That's true. And a terrorist organization would be able to rely on them, on, on their group, slightly better to not yak to the government and that kind of thing. So you, you've got a certain amount of loyalty there. So they're just trying to use, well, the, the government... Uh, a prohibition on drugs in order to make more money. So the government doesn't need to make money in that manner. They steal it from people. Engage in illegal liquor and cigarette trade. Well, we know that the government, at least here in New Hampshire, is actually 
the entity that does liquor distribution. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it's not illegal because they get to define what's legal and illegal, but the, the general gist of that is, well, the government has their hands all over the liquor and cigarette business. And the, again, the regulations are tremendous. The taxes are intense. Yeah, and again, just like in Canada, where they had the Royal Canadian Mounted Police busting people for black market cigarette shipping, um, mm-hmm. the government involvement in it gives a greater incentive to the very entity that they're supposedly trying to fight to be able to make some cash in the black market. How about purchasing and trading weapons? Now, they say the terrorists do it illegally, but again, we're looking at this from the perspective of, does this list of things terrorist groups do meet meet what the government does? And yes, it does. The government purchases and trades weapons. And finally, utilizing the Internet to promote their mission? Government websites all over the place. Uh, Change.gov is the new hot government website where they're using the Internet to spread their propaganda and to network with those people who believe in their cause and to gain new members. So pretty clear that the government fits pretty much every single definition that the government wrote to define terrorism. Well, terrorism, uh, they're they're essentially calling gangs terrorists here, and the government is the largest gang. So all they really want is no competition. That's true. Yeah. Government yeah. hates competition, right? and it makes perfectly yeah. good sense that uh, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't particularly want uh, competition. I mean, you don't, Ian. You don't want a uh, a rival gang in town, uh, t- you know, hurting people, stealing their money, and taking uh, things from them, do you? Uh, you mean a rival gang to rival the government? Yes, certainly not. I mean, and you don't want uh, you if you have to pick between a gang of uh, you know malicious criminals. At least the ones you've seen on TV, and you assume that these guys are uh, operating the way they do on TV. Because I haven't mm-hmm. seen I haven't seen too many gangs uh, operating up close and personal. So um, if you had to pick between those two, you'd probably prefer the one that at least you let you have some modicum of uh, control, some modicum of uh, interactivity. So I can see why the government wants to do away with this. But then when they, you know, when they point out the average citizen, this is the thing: is is that this 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 pamphlet here scares the crap out of people and gives nosy busybodies an opportunity to snitch on their neighbors, and that's what's really sick. Yeah, it really is, and in fact. Yeah. Uh, and it does encourage that. They give you all kinds of reasons to snitch out your neighbors, and including the uh, the seven signs of terrorism, which let's take a look at this from the perspective of, well, what's it going to – what's this going to result in as far as neighbors snitching on neighbors? Number one, surveillance, recording or monitoring activities. What, Jeez. like maybe some of our activists with their video cameras out mm. in public? Is that is that a terrorist act? Taking pictures? Making drawings? You can't sit down on a you know grassy knoll somewhere and draw a picture of what it is you're looking at. See, That's a you, terrorist you, action. You just phrased something that people are going to pick up as a signal, a grassy knoll. <laughs> you see, he's obviously part of a conspiracy. That so, year, Mark. So if you're out uh, taking photos, we've know we've we've reported stories over the uh, over the years on this show of people taking pictures of things and having the police harass them. Our uh, our buddy Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty was harassed by the police for taking pictures or video rather of a, a British petroleum plant as he was walking by it was a chain link fence it wasn't as though they were trying to obscure its view Good they point. could have built a concrete wall if they right. didn't want people taking pictures of it number two suspicious questioning attempts to gain information about operations staffing and security well doesn't the government do that one 
uh, when when they're looking into busting like the Monastore house. We talked about this food. I don't know if I think you weren't actually on the show at that time, Mark. It was a few weeks back. I think you were on vacation, but there was a uh, a food co-op in Ohio. That, Ohio. Yeah, that yeah. was busted by the, the new still. And they okay, use SWAT team tactics on them. If right, I recall. Well, for, but, well, but first, what they do is they send somebody in undercover to try to gain right. reconnaissance yes. on the inside, and they sent somebody in to try to join the the co-op. He wanted them to sell sell him something, and they're like, "Well, you're not a member of the co-op. We don't, you know, we don't do that." Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on! And then finally, they gave him like I think they they just gave it to him. They didn't even sell it to him. That's and right. Then he put just to get him to down. go away. Right, he put it down without them asking, and then they use that as their rationale to go in and bust in. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We, we can continue the list, get calls rolling in. We'll get to those here in moments, and you can call in about anything. What sort of uh, input do you have on this uh, this terrorist watch information uh, from the New York State Office of Homeland Security? I mean, presumably they have similar propaganda all across the country in the various different police departments. Uh, is this good news? No. It's going to let people, uh, encourage people to snitch on their neighbors, and when they snitch on their neighbors and they're not actually doing anything wrong, it's going to just encourage people to have their lives just disrupted. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and the features there include the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. Ken is on the line in California. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Ken, California, going once. I hear somebody. Ken, in California? Maybe his name's not Ken. Somebody, go talk if you're on the line. There I am. Who are you? I'm Ken. You are California. Ken. All right, Ken, yeah. what's on your mind? Oh, not much. You were reading that uh, document, that nice trifold document from the uh, state of uh, New York. That's and, right, the New York and, Office of Homeland Security. Things to look out for so you can snitch your neighbor out for terrorism. Yeah, I'm wondering if they got their funding from, I don't know, U.S. Department of Homeland Security? I'm odds wondering. are good. Yes, odds are good. Yeah, because it sounds like the same rhetoric. Uh, and, and you took the words out of my mouth while I was before I even got on hold, that that uh, everything you read there sounds exactly like the government to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, if you look at it from that perspective, it's clear that this is a list of things that governments do. I mean, because governments are terrorists. I mean, all you have to do is you look up the definition of terrorism, and you'll find out that terrorism is about using violence to achieve political uh, political change. Well, it's just like the bill they passed and made it a law. What was it? H.R. 1955, I believe. Um, was it part of that John Warner Defense Act and all that? I don't remember no, which that, one that was. Well, it sounds that familiar. Package, anyway, it was basically what it stated is exactly what the government's doing by eroding American citizens' rights and the fact that they're they're still growing government. If, if we think we got a lot of government under Bush, wait till Barack gets oh, yeah. in there and gets situated. Yeah, we're on such a dangerous path, it's ridiculous. And you know what What strikes me is, as Ian was mentioning those things, and, and clearly so many people are tuned into this, you're voicing a lot of what uh, so many other people are probably thinking, hearing hearing those statements from that pamphlet, is we were talking a little bit about it on off the air, 
and the government is really not much more is really actually uh, a gangster group uh, there's there's yeah. not much difference between what the gangsters do in saying well we're going to take your money to protect you functionally it is the same thing whether you like it or not and uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love this one just to interrupt since you're, yeah, yeah. you're talking about it on their list of the seven signs of terrorism number four is acquiring supplies like obtaining explosives weapons uniforms badges and credentials isn't well, that what go. they do yeah exactly yeah, that's exactly but it. But that's the difference, Guard. You'd ask yeah. the question during the break, what's the difference between the mafia and the government? And I don't the difference, see one. Well, the, the, it's, if you're functional. looking at it from, yeah, from the functional perspective, there is no difference. But from, the, uh, from our current perspective, the difference is the government has legitimacy in that right. the government can acquire weapons and uniforms they and engage, badges, yes. and nobody questions it. They say, oh, yeah, they well, we need you. They engage in legal criminality, yeah. whereas the other is illegal criminality. One is accepted by society, or at least 51% of society that votes, right. which is an even smaller percentage, Correct. and the other is not. And, and you know, Mark, you brought up a good point to throw into the mix, I think, on that uh, about gangsterism. I don't want to pull it too far away from what, uh, what the caller is calling about, about the New York thing, but you brought up, well, you know, supposedly you have a bit of a say with the vote, but the vote, I, I believe, is really just sort of a, 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 a red herring that they throw out there because it still functionally is going to be, if you disagree, it doesn't matter. It gives you the belief that you have some influence, right. especially at the federal level, you don't. And maybe on a local level, you might be able to make the argument that the vote can count for something. But, but, but the thing is, unless you're voting to remove the government entity, then you yourself... And when do they let you vote for that? Well, this is the thing. It, it's very tricky, and this, is, this comes down to a philosophical question for some libertarians. Unless you're voting to completely eliminate the government entity immediately and have no funding, nothing taken from people, unless everything is voluntary, then you are, per se, voting to take something from your neighbor. You're voting to support the gangsters. Ken, your thoughts? Well, I'm just thinking that uh, everything that every pamphlet, uh, the one you have from New York there, local pamphlets they have here, which I don't have in front of me, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but uh, basically the same diatribe, uh, you know, they want you to spy on your neighbor now. Um, you know, they have uh, uh, somebody just had an article they were talking about the other day uh, where certain garbage men in certain areas are now being rec- uh, recruited for you know, local homeland security and, uh, you know, to to look in your trash or what have you. It's it's just getting crazy. Jeez. This this is not America, even even remotely. I mean, when they take our document, our, our Bill of Rights, and just shred it up and nobody's jumping up, well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, not nobody's jumping up, but when the few are jumping up, it's going to take the many. It's, it's unfortunate, but... Uh, you have a lot of blissful people right now, unfortunately. Right now, that's what we were talking about earlier tonight, is that Americans uh, overwhelmingly in the polls are saying that they, they think that Obama is going to heal this country, that everything is going to get better in 2009. I hope Obama. it does, but if it does, it's not because of Obama. No, it's not. And you, right. know, you know the one thing we were talking about, the racial aspect of this, and it, it's, it's really sort of tangential from what we're talking about here with security and the state to overwhelming civil liberties, but, but even the racial stuff, that's not going to get any better at all. The, you know, the guys who are the race card players, 
years. I mentioned a while ago on one of my podcasts over at the website, I was like, look, if anybody thinks that this is going to change anything Obama's regarding gonna change it's going it. to heal things, it's going to, yeah, and it's going <laughs> to, and the people who are playing the race card are going to stop playing the race card now because yeah. that's, that's totally bogus. They'll say, look, it doesn't matter that we have a black president. There's still all this race, uh, institutional racism. It on NPR tonight as go. I was driving there here. There you go. I mean, it just, the lemmings are going to continue jumping off the cliffs, man. You know? Thanks, Ken, for the call tonight. I appreciate yep, hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, we continue with your phone calls. Jonathan is on the line in North Carolina. Jonathan, you are on Free Talk Live. Yes, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Yeah, I just uh, I, I wanted to say something before I get into this, this article. Uh, I don't know. I don't listen to the show that often, but I hear that you play Grip Incorporated music. I just want to let you know that Gus Chambers is died. Gus Chambers is God? That. Is that what you said? He's God? Well, no, he's dead. Oh, he's, oh, dead. he's dead. That's right. Yeah, I'd heard about that. Yeah, too bad because uh, Grip Inc., uh, they're an outstanding band. Grip Inc. is a fine, cool. fine band. Go ahead with your thoughts, sir. Yeah, the uh, there's this. Uh, it was just on the RN News on the um, on the broadcast there, but uh, this is out of the Dayton Daily News. Superintendent warns against quote in- inappropriate comments. Yep. Uh, do you, I mean, do you want me to read? No, that's not necessary. I'm glad you yeah, brought it up. Ian it was actually sitting that. in my show prep here, so I've got the details. Your comments on the story before we get into it? Yeah, well, I think it's. I think these these people are morally insane. That's what I think. Well, they're in pa- they they are drunk with power. So yeah, I mean that's kind of an insanity. I would say you're right about that. Thanks for the call, dude. I appreciate you bringing sure. that up. And since you brought it up, it, it's like requesting a song on the radio. You actually get what you request Here's here. Here's your top on, on forty show. requests, long uh, distance. The story is from the Dayton <laughs> Daily News, where Mason school officials say they're taking a proactive educational approach in advance of next week's, or rather tomorrow's, planned inauguration day activities. Superintendent Kevin Bright said in an email to parents on uh, last Monday that inappropriate comments that may make other students, staff, or families feel unwelcome or uncomfortable in school or on the bus will not be tolerated. The district, he says, expects students and staff to show respect for President-elect Obama and the incoming administration. You will show respect. (laughs) We'll come back and get into this uh, deeper here because this is a good story. I mean, not good, but more coming up. Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com, edit virtually anything you see. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. Have you been looking to spice things up in the bedroom or fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to AdamEve.com and check and get 50% off one item when you type FTL, like Free Talk Live, that's FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% 
20% off with the offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. That's AdamEve.com. As uh, we continue here, the story is out of uh, the Dayton Daily News, where Mason school officials have said this in an email to parents, that inappropriate comments about the administration will be unwelcome. He says that students and staff will show respect for President-elect Obama and the incoming administration, as well as President Bush and the outgoing administration, and recognize that, quote, while the election is a competitive process, our nation's greatness is displayed when all sides come together for a united country. See, Guile. What Jeff, the heck, man? <laughs> what, the, what the heck? This is government school doing yeah, what it yeah. does best, and that is inculcating the youth of America with the idea that, oh, the president is the greatest man in America, and it doesn't matter who he is or if it's a she. It doesn't matter. You need to respect the president. If the president comes here, it doesn't matter how many people he sent to their deaths. Over in Iraq, it doesn't matter how many bombs he's ordered to drop on brown folk around the world. He deserves your respect. You know, it's interesting you should bring it up, Ian, because it pops into mind. Sometimes I have to do Google image searches for the, for the podcast that I do because mm-hmm. I'm trying to find entertaining pictures that associate with Which your things. podcast, by the way, is libertyconspiracy.com. Yes, and I really hope people head over. Thank you very much, Ian, libertyconspiracy.com. Mentioned that a couple times. Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, but here's the deal. Um the the classic image that I typically find is a drawing or a picture of a school. And what's the thing that's sticking up out of the ground? The flag. Right, the flag yep. on the pole. The American flag. Or right and, off the top of the schoolhouse. Yes, right sometimes. off the Exactly. It's that classic Americana image of mm-hmm. the American schoolhouse. And how dare anybody question it. We are all unified. This is the locus of unification here at the school. Children, you're all Americans. Be proud. It's sort of like that we were talking about the first hour. You know, I heard someone say that, you know, to to question government, to offer dissent is the utmost in patriotism. So that just brings it right around so that anybody who's questioning a, a particular administration is actually we're not actually questioning the validity of the existence of the national government at all. We're, we're right. good patriots. You're we're just Americans. questioning the figureheads. Yeah, I mean, well, it's ridiculous. Go a little deeper. Question the function. Question the machine itself, not the person who's pulling the levers this four years mm-hmm. and the next four years. Well, uh, Mr. Slager, or Slager, or whatever, Mason High School psychologist, uh, doesn't sound like he or the superintendent would agree with uh, the idea that dissenting is in any way patriotic. I mean, these people are saying you don't even get to dissent. Yeah. They're saying that uh, you will show respect. I mean, it's just like a judge that forces people to stand in his courtroom. You will show respect for me whether you have it or not. Well, I mentioned I mentioned off the air to you guys, and you know, it's an anecdotal thing, but over at Milford Area Senior High School when I was there in the 80s, they had this thing called Flag Day, and it happens at a lot of schools. You June gotta 14th go, is Flag yeah, Day. Yeah, it's Flag Day, and you got to go and pay honor to the flag and so on and so forth. And yeah. you know that, yeah, and that issue brings up a lot of emotions because a lot of people died in various wars, and they were trying to you know do honor to the flag, and it represents a lot to them. But uh, what happens, and I, I pose this question to many conservatives, what happens when the flag begins to represent, represent something that you consider tyrannical? Uh, what are you going to do? Do you do you still think that you have to honor the flag, or does it represent? Is it emblematic of something that treads on your liberties? So we had all these people up there speaking. We're in our gymnasium. All these kids there were uh, senior year, I think. And one of my friends, we're in this small cadre of people who are really critical about a lot of the things that are offered to us in the schools, and they don't like that. Um, 
he sneaked in an American flag, and we unfurled it upside down and backwards. Uh-oh. And the people who were doing Flag Day, and it's there for all of them to see. It's it's in their faces, and they that was that was the thing that year that got them the most ticked off. They exploded at yeah. that. That's as bad in many people's eyes. That's as bad as setting it on fire. I mean, yeah. it's it is essentially is breaking the rules as far as they have their little set of rules as far as what you're supposed to do with the flag, how you're supposed to treat it, the way it's supposed to be flown, things like that. Uh, I mean, that's it's the equivalent of setting it on fire. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, well, it just means uh, you know, it's it's an international symbol of distress. I mean, I suppose some people can look at it that way as though you're setting it on fire, but that's not what it means. I see where you're coming from, uh, but if, if, there, if you do anything aside from what the rules of the flag say to do, it's it's looked on as disrespectful. And if you were to they, take the flag and, and throw it in the dirt and step on it, that wouldn't be burning it, uh, but it would be you know people would see that as being disrespectful. And at that time, I wasn't uh, so much an, an anarchist, uh, 100% as, as as I am now, an anarcho-capitalist, but I was uh, very, very critical of government existence and uh, obviously believed that the State of the Union itself was in great distress. So, so what did you believe in high school? What would you have described yourself as in high school? Uh, close to an anarchist. Uh, I was very, very close. I had a lot of questions that I wanted to pursue at that time. And uh, I thank my history teacher, Rick Hanship, for presenting a lot of the, uh, the, the concepts to us about uh, you know, private property and, and property rights and resolving these problems. And things so like let's that. continue here with what the bureaucrats in uh, Dayton County, or, mm. or rather they have to say for themselves uh, in regards to forcing all of the students in their particular school, in their district, to show respect. The psychologist for the school, Jeff Slager, says that inappropriate comments occurred around election week when doctored pictures of Obama appeared at the school, including derogatory caricatures of him dressed like a terrorist and signs that read Obama 08 slash Biden 09. There were groups <laughs> oh, of... Gosh. <laughs> what, what is that even supposed it's to a, mean? It's a in physical words, threat. Obama will die. Oh, I see. There were groups it's not of a students. physical threat. It is a, a, a it could be considered a prediction. prediction. There were groups of students that were worked up over the results of the election. He said, and he is apparently the member of the district's racial equity committee. Uh, the school is offering a, var- a variety of events for students at every grade level, ranging from letter writing and books to videos, reflection, and watching the inauguration itself. I had a feeling that would be going on in government schools all across the country tomorrow. I mean, it'd be interesting to hear from some of our government school attending listeners as far as what it was going on at your school tomorrow i predicted that you know they might even have the kids into the auditorium to all have them watch the uh, the inauguration together because school isn't about teaching anything important it's about teaching kids that the government is great it's about teaching kids that government is necessary and government is wonderful and so spending all of the day in various different inauguration related activities would would totally fit how government schools yeah. are yeah absolutely right so this is what uh, they say this is Again, the uh, the superintendent of the schools speaking here, saying that we're attempting to take a more proactive approach now and, first of all, celebrate the passing of power in our country and at the same time also celebrate this historic inauguration and the election of our first African-American president. Doing it again. Yeah, it's exactly what we talked about earlier, I mean, it's covering just so, every single it's point. It's so disgusting is what oh, it is. It's just is. so sick. The only thing you can think to say about Barack Obama is that he's black, you shallow bastard. Good job. Well, Mark. they're also That's celebrating so right. the passing of power. That's worthy of celebration as well, because it's power being passed, and that's awesome. I think it's, it's awesome, kind of nice. that power. I wish I had some for myself, these 
superintendents would love to have that kind of power, wouldn't they? I think it's kind of nice that uh, we don't get thrown into a uh, you know a, a, a coup every time power changes hands here in the United States. Hey, you know, you know, I was thinking about how so so many times you hear different generations say, "I remember when we were watching that in school. I saw the moon landing when man landed on the moon, and I saw when Richard Nixon they they turned on the television when Richard Nixon uh, left and he gave the double V." Uh, too bad he didn't turn those backwards, and then the British people would have <laughs> understood he was such a bastard. But um, I'm thinking to myself, you know, is the, are those the things you really want to remember with fondness from school? Uh, personally, no. It has no bearing on my life. The things that I want to remember, hey, man, you know, I had the best time hanging with my friends. We, mm-hmm. boy, uh, you know, or, or, hey, we all took off from school and went to see a concert. What a great guitar riff from yep. so-and-so. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just enough time for your calls. It's Free Talk Live. Live only moments remain. Enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support this show, you can do that by learning how to promote Free Talk Live over at promote.freetalklive.com. A whole list of things you can do, all of them uh, mostly either free or close to free. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com, see the list for yourself, and pick a few of them if they look interesting. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. If you love Free Talk Live, support SACL. They're our biggest sponsor. SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. We talk to Erica in Rhode Island. Erica, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, hello. Hi, what's uh, on your mind? I don't know what I was going to call for, but as a quick aside, um, my, my aunt and uncle actually left this morning to Washington, D.C., Okay. To go see the inauguration. Um, my aunt works at, um, at, at a university in Boston, and like 40 of their kids all got, uh, all got tickets to go see the inauguration. And oh, anyway, yesterday we were, we were talking with her, and, and anyway, they're just, they're, my aunt especially, she, she just, my, my, my uncle's just kind of tagging along for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But she's just, she's completely excited about it, and I, I, I'll never understand how someone with, she has, she's incredibly intelligent, she has a master's in psychology. Went to school who knows how many years. And I just, I it cannot get through her head that, that this transition from Bush to Obama means absolutely nothing. You know, um, but, I've got, there's a radio station in town um, here that, uh, you know, they're, they're very, very happy. It's a progressive station. And, and the guy on there is a smart guy, nice guy doing, uh, doing his morning show. And my intention is to just point out. Every single time this guy does some fascist thing, some mm-hmm. controlling thing, and kills some people, I'm going to point it out to him. Yeah. Keep it up. Yeah. I think that's all you can do. I mean, it's just, it is bizarre. It's confusing to people like us who can see the political system for what it really is, uh, which, of course, is just a, a cover for violence. That's all that uh, the, the whole voting thing and the, the legitimacy of government really is. It just covers for their violence. And the, the whole idea that Obama is somehow more of a peaceful man than George W. Bush, I just, there's nothing to back it up. 
nothing at all. But it makes sense as to why your uh, your aunt would be feeling this way. She's an academic, right? You said she's a teacher. Um, yeah, basically. Okay, well, academics are totally embroiled in this uh, this left versus right paradigm, and they they fully believe in the system. In many cases, the system exists, and it it really helps their profession because it you know it, it sends kids to the colleges, and of course, kids coming to the colleges means money for the colleges, meaning money for her and a paycheck to take home. So, in essence, uh, in a lot of ways, her job exists because of the federal government. Eh, you could argue that there would be higher education without the feds, but we don't live in that world. So certainly, to an extent, she is dependent upon the existence of the state. And the academics fully believe in the state. They fully believe, and many of them, there are some academics that, are, that don't, but certainly at, at, government, at, uh, at colleges, at state-run universities and things like that, you're going to find the overwhelming majority of the academics there are totally down with the ideas of government. And they believe that the, you know, the, the liberal side of things is the proper side and the, the, the preferred side. And it's just they're stuck in that paradigm, and they, they just believe it fully. I mean, guard. You went to to college. How, mm-hmm. Would you would you agree with that? Oh yeah, definitely. I would 100 percent agree with that. Yeah. So that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a woman who, as uh, in, in her professional life, is surrounded by people who also probably have the very a very similar viewpoint as her, and that is that you know government is great, and with Barack Obama, government will be even greater. And I mean, that's her view. It, it's fascinating as well because I don't know if you've run into this in school or any of the other listeners have, but in these areas of so-called higher learning where, where a conversation is supposed to be so uh, sacred, uh, bringing up any sort of opposition. I, I got in a one-on-one with Howard Zinn one time at my dormitory, and, man, I thought I was going to be lynched. It wasn't just the other professors who were there like, how dare you even say anything to question this this titan of virtue named Howard Zinn, who's so hip and cool that uh, Matt Damon will mention him in a movie, you know. <laughs> uh, but also the students there. Uh, the students themselves buy into this stuff. There's this atmosphere of, yeah, well, uh, they're authorities, but they're they're the radical side of authority. They're the good authority. What, what are you talking about? They just want to control your life like anybody else. You got to tear down that mechanism, and and that's what we're going to see. Hopefully, I think Mark, your idea of repeatedly bringing up what Obama does every time, I think it's important. It's a great idea, and that's, that's we'll be why, doing it six nights a week here. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Keep it. coming back and go to the website, and and that's why I mentioned. Uh, hopefully, people will get to see that interview that uh, Obama did with George Snuffleupagus on ABC's This Week, because there are moments there that reveal to you that if you are a, a real booster of Barack Obama and you think you're going to be getting a lot of difference, no, what you going to be getting is a lot of difference in the way the media covers it and they're going to let a lot of this stuff slide no doubt about that erica any other thoughts for us well yeah here it's around me early this year um in my, in my political science class i'm a senior in high school uh i think the the first and then only argument i ever really passionately got into in that class was every wednesday we do what what the teacher calls journal day mm-hmm. where we just like grab news stories that have to do with the federal government and just kind of all sit in a circle and read them. And somehow we got on the topic of the Civil War. And so I decided, hey, let's voice my opinion today. Mm-hmm. And um, you're a bigot. I, <laughs> and I, I was I was I was trying to argue that um, that the South should have that the the whole that the war wasn't about slavery, that it was about 
the South trying to succeed and blah, blah. And anyway, I, I went on that whole thing. Yeah. And it was, you will not believe how quickly the, the 20 people in the class all kind of jumped on board the Oh, Let's Attack Our Canal bandwagon. Mm, wow. And it was, it was, and it was, it was actually pretty, the, the teacher was like, I'm, I don't know. It just, it kind of spiraled out of control. And then I said, and the, the annoying thing was that afterward, I'm talking to a couple of friends about it and three people were like, yeah, I kind of agreed with you. And I'm like, then why didn't you say anything? Yeah, oh, because I didn't want to argue with Mr. Dorn. Right, you don't want to speak out because it might be a little uncomfortable to have somebody disagree with you, you know? See, that's not the way it would have been in my uh, high school, I can tell you. It just would I and you know, I as far as college went, I only took some correspondence courses, some community college courses and uh but in our high school you, you would have been able to to speak out. I mean, you would have had to defend your position. I don't know how well it would have happened, but I mean, is this guy a particularly harsh teacher or I mean, they is, just it, didn't want is the conflict. it just that way in every class? Does he mark down? I'm, I guess he he's generally well liked, but he's he also has that kind of fear thing going for. Like people are kind of afraid of him a little bit, hmm. and like he's he's the kind of teacher that you don't that the students generally don't want to argue against him just because they he kind of scares them. That well, sort of atmosphere, you know, I I have to say that is one of the most stifling and constraining feelings you can ever have, and I had that every year, almost three quarters of the day in school with teacher after teacher after teacher. And then when I got into Boston University with professors, I you know, I remember writing a paper about the Cuban so-called revolution, the, the takeover by Fidel Castro, and my teacher was a hardcore socialist. So he marked me down. Yeah, I how gave do you make him somebody happy? else. He's like, oh, I give this an A and I got a C minus. Yep. Hey, Erica, uh, I'm curious, what's going on in your school? You said you're a high school senior. What's going on tomorrow? I mean, is there going to be all kinds of school activities surrounding the inauguration festivities? Uh, See, I don't even know what would have happened because last week was exam week, but because we had a snow day, um, tomorrow is going to be our our last little, like, makeup exam day, basically. Mm. I I do – like, I'm pretty sure, uh, knowing the polit- my political science teacher, though, you probably would end up watching that, be- uh, like the inauguration. Because I remember a couple uh, during the, um, what you call it, like anytime there was a debate during the during the race, like so, uh, sometimes if we weren't doing anything, we'd watch the debates during class and well, basically make. <laughs> you should be congratulated. Uh, you should be congratulated for being the one with enough courage to stand up against this teacher in your class and to actually speak out your viewpoint. You should be congratulated for that. And the more you do it, perhaps the more your friends or those uh, the, the the more timid ones will be encouraged to uh, to join you. You know, I, I, and Erica, I, I I I give you a little pointers on uh, as far as the South and I, I you know I I, I uh, as far as the Civil War goes, you know. The the fact is, if you say that it, the, the Civil War wasn't about slavery, you're only saying half of the story. It was about states' rights, but it was about the states' rights to some extent to own slaves and to be free of some arduous taxes from the North. But a better place to attack is Lincoln because he's this paragon. Um, and the fact is, Lincoln cared nothing about the freedom of the blacks. Uh, if he did, it wouldn't have taken him two years to sign the Emancipation Proclamation that only freed black people in a country he wasn't in control of. Right. He there didn't free go. the black people in the United States with the Emancipation Proclamation. Get the Real Lincoln by Tom DiLorenzo. The Real Lincoln. I've heard Amazing. that's a great book. Hey, Erica, thanks for the call. Let us know tomorrow if anything interesting happens, all right? All right. Appreciate it. It's been Ian here with you. Oh, and Guard, we're done. We and are. Oh. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 